Hello, I'm Howard and welcome to the 9320 Pod Friday show. Uh, we'll be looking back at the Wolves match briefly, now the dust has settled, looking forward, pre- uh, previewing the Newcastle game at the weekend and looking at anything else that takes our fancy during the week, including of course a couple of cup draws uh, just fresh today. Uh, well, I'll say today as we record. Uh, I'm delighted to be joined by, uh, first of all, all the way from Los Angeles. Hello, Leon. How are you doing? Hi, Howard. I'm good, thank you. Are you all right? Yeah. Yeah, not bad. How's it over there? Well, it's boringly sunny. Current, so, current temperature is... Same every day. It's about 27, 28. So it, oh, it's uh, pleasant enough. But we're working. Oh, we're working over here. So it's not It's bad. a tough life. <laughs> I really do pity you. <laughs> Uh, also delighted to be joined by James tonight. Uh, how are you doing, James? Hi, Howard. Very well, thanks. How are you getting on? Yeah, not bad. Not bad at Good. all. And it's it's even been sunny here for a brief end, so can't complain. Yeah, it's hot hot uh, September on the way, I hear. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. It's not what we normally get, but without the, uh, the May, June and July. <laughs> yeah. so. uh, before we look back at the Wolves game, I've got uh, an opening question for you. Uh if rumours are to be believed, and Real Betis, I think it is, are willing to play £10 million for Zinchenko, in the current market, should we let him go for that amount? Or should we let him go for any amount, I guess? Uh, I'll start with you, Liam. What's your thoughts on that? Because, of course, Wolves were linked with him for £16 million, I think. So. Yeah, I was about to say, that's not great business if uh, <laughs> we take that after blowing them out a few weeks ago. Um, no, I mean, for me, he proved himself to be a reliable replacement, even at a left back last year out of position. So for that kind of money, particularly after the Wolves offer, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't let him go at all. Yeah. James, would you, I mean, would you let him go for, would you want him to go for any price or? Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, I'm quite happy keeping him around the squad, to be honest. I think he's uh, like Leon said, Proved to be an able deputy at times last season, even out of position at left back in the absence of Mendy and Delph and Danilo. Uh, I think with the injury to Kevin De Bruyne as well, I think we could see him um, featuring quite a bit, maybe, maybe midfield in some um, in some cup games. Obviously, we'll, we'll discuss that a little bit later on. Um, but yeah, as well, he seems like a really good character. He's, he said on a couple of occasions that he wants to get his head down, he wants to crack on and, and you know work, work for his place in the squad. So I'd be quite sad to see him go. Um, but I think 10 million, I think that valuation in this day and age, I think that's quite insulting really. So uh, no, definitely one I want to keep, definitely one I want to keep around. What do you think his market value is? Some thought 16 was, you know, not, you know, just uh, pretty pathetic because of the current market, but it's hard, pretty hard really to, to nail down a value for someone who's not really played for as much but has been, you know, done a good job when he has. Yeah, exactly. You know, and he's, he's got some, um, you know, he's got quite a few uh, caps for the Ukraine as well. Now uh, I, I'd, I'd be saying double. So I think 20 million with, with the market, the way it is at the moment, I think that's the kind of uh, price that we should be looking for. Um, it's weird. Like you say, going from 16 to 10, it screams like we almost want to get him out of the club. And I don't see why we would do because like I say, he seems like such a good lad to have around. So uh, yeah, t- I think 20 million would be a fair price overall for him. Yeah. And Leo just finally would, is he going to get much football? I mean, is it worth just looking ahead two, three years if develops? Would he still get any football with us? But yeah, the, apart, yeah, apart from filling in and cup matches, and is that enough really? Or well, no, I think I think that's the trouble. And we talked about that in one of the pre-season podcasts about sort of bringing youth in. When do you bring them in? At what point do they become first team with all the pressures uh, around the club to succeed? Um, so then when you say it like that, then you think, well, we should have took the 16 from Wolves. So it's tricky, but I think, as I said, in the documentary, he came across really well, a real sort of team player, squad player. And I think you've got to keep the young guys around and, and hope that one of them breaks through. But it is a risk and you can look at it through, through both eyes, really. So... It's not a very good answer, but I'd keep him and hope that he gets some opportunities and hope that he develops. But whether he gets a yeah. chance for City or not, I don't know, really. Yeah, I, I do hope he stays. I mean, the, I 
don't believe what I read all the time. You just don't know what's true. But, you know, the stories say that he wants to go. He's keen to go. And maybe that changes the situation a bit. But if they're not offering 16 million, then tough luck. Uh, if we've had an offer for that, then there's no reason, just because the player wants to go, that we then take less than that. If they're not willing to play more, then that's just bad luck. And I'm sure I'll just have to knuckle down. Uh, but, you know, some of the... Yeah, I'd like to see him stay. Some of the formations we played this season... Mendy's not going to play every week. Uh, so who is the backup after that? You know, is it Delph or is it him? And the formation we played against Huddersfield, you know, as he's essentially an attacking player, not a defender, you know, it could suit him in some games. So, yeah, I do hope he stays. But uh, I guess we'll know within one day or so. Uh, I'm not sure what time it closes tomorrow, but uh, or on the 31st, sorry. But, yeah, I guess we'll see, won't we? Uh Right, well, let's look back at the Wolves game now. The dust has settled. Uh, be brief on this before we look ahead. Uh, James, your thoughts now on that match? Were you disappointed in the end, or is it just, oh, we get, yeah, we can't win every game. Uh, it was a tough match, and all things considered, we probably should have won anyway. Yeah, I, I was disappointed with with the end result. Um, but like you say, but by no means a vintage performance by City. Um, but you know, at the same time, I've seen plenty, plenty worse. Even under Pep, you know, we think of the Leicester away game in his first season, the Everton away game in his first season. Um, so yeah, whilst it wasn't a vintage performance, you know, I still think we created enough chances to, to win the game. Uh, you know, I'm really disappointed that Sergio hit the post. That Gabriel Jesus missed the header in the in the late late stages of the game. Um, I'm a big fan of VAR, and ultimately, I think if we had VAR on Saturday, then I think City walk away from the stadium. We've probably won two, three, maybe four nil, and um, you know, we're all we're all talking about how well City played ultimately. Um, yes, whilst Wolves put up a good show and they, and they gave it a good good shot. You know, I think if the referee gets the decisions right, then ultimately City are walking away with the uh, with, with the winning game. Uh, so, sorry, with the winning result. I think a bit a big thing that happened in the game, um, like Pep tends to touch on, um, going away to, to a newly promoted side always seems very tricky in the first couple of weeks of the season. Um, you know, especially with the, with the TV cameras being there. You know, early kickoff. Uh, you know, it was a great atmosphere. Um, if it was November, December time, when potentially they've lost a couple of games already, uh, then, you know, it, 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 all of a sudden it turns into a different game. Um, obviously, we've got to talk about the penalties. Um, you know, I, I heard you last week, sorry, talking on the uh, on the review pod. The big one for me was the Aguero one. I, I think his, his heels are clipped and I, and I think it's uh, probably more of a penalty than the than the one on silver. And I, I know Asam was yeah. quite uh, passionate about the one the, the one on silver, but, you know, I can almost see why that wasn't given because it was almost like silver maybe c- collided with him first. But the one on Aguero for me is just an absolute stonewaller. Um yeah, and then you know it was interesting to see the way that they the, the, the way that they played against us. So they they play in like the five four one formation. Normally, when when City play against teams, it's normally a four five one, and they play the wingers almost as auxiliary fullbacks. They play outside the fullback, and you know they they sit back and and they soak up a lot of the pressure. But I think Wolves' formation was interesting. The way they played the three centre halves and then the wing backs and then the wingers were close to the centre forward. So I, I think they got the game. Obviously, they got the game plan correct because they they walked away with a point. Uh, but like I say, on a, on a different day, I think we'd be. I think we should be talking about three another three points under our belt. Mm. Yeah, I agree with much that I've not seen. I mean, the show repeated replays uh, of the silver penalty incident, but I've not seen the Aguero one. I thought it was a dive at the time, but I've not really seen much. Yeah, of it, so. th- th- there's almost two incidents there. So, so the first bit is obviously he puts his hand on his shoulder, and he, it looks at first it goes down very very soft. When obviously they show it on the replay, they slow it down a little bit. There is uh, Aguero runs across his path, and, and there's a clip, and and you know that's the reason why it go why he goes down. So uh, yeah, frust- frustrated not to get the win in that game. I mean, I love to hate on referees, but I think sometimes if we're having to look at replays on penalties, I can forgive them for that. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah but it's uh, as for VAR, it's been. I mean, just all week, it's just been so many instances. I don't know if you saw the. Uh, you see the Notts Forest Newcastle game in the cup. No, I didn't see. It. I saw the result, yeah. but I, I, I didn't see the game. Yeah, which was uh, what Wednesday night, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, just it's two, uh, it's two one, winter injury time, and the keeper just takes out a Newcastle player <laughs> and plays on. They go up, up uh, field uh, and make it three one, and it's just like I can't, 
I understand that referees make mistakes, but some of the stuff you see is just astonishing. And you know, the Chelsea penalty they got against Newcastle, you can you know give an argument for it. But when are we going to start getting yeah. something like that? Maybe I've been selective in my memory, but. What I d- it just seems weird. What I did think was inexcusable was so for, for their goal, uh, obviously the handball goal, when the cross yeah. goes in, you see that the linesman's out of position. And, and ultimately, yeah. at the point that the uh, Bolly handballs the, uh, the, the, the goal for them, the, the linesman's two or three yards to the wrong side. So he's looking at the back of the player, which means he physically yeah. he wouldn't be able to see the, 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 co- the contact on the hand. If he's two or three yards higher up the pitch, he's looking straight across it and he can see that pretty clearly it'd be a handball. The bad, it, was a, it was a bad uh, position from the linesman and I think that's the reason why the goal was given. Yeah. And sort of very strange that the players, City players didn't see it either because if they did, they would surely have gone... Mental. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just absolutely be like in the referee's face. You know, if you see that, you're like. But even Edison, you know, is looking yeah. at it. I don't think anyone saw it. It's very, very strange incident. Normally, it only so. takes one player to to kick the rest of the players off yeah. as well, doesn't it? But yeah, we didn't get that at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Leon, your your views well, on the, the game? Well, well, I've, to be honest with you, last season, if you remember, early on, I went to Brighton away the first game, a newly promoted side, and. uh a tricky away game and we didn't dominate that game and then obviously the draw with Everton when Carl Walker got sent off the last yeah. minute winner against Bournemouth so after having a really good pre-season last season we kind of didn't really get going and obviously I, yeah. I, I said on the pod a few weeks ago I wasn't I was dreading Chelsea in the charity shield Arsenal away and we came out of there and then smashed Huddersfield 6-1 so I was kind of surprised, but I don't think there should be any alarm bells. And I mean, with the social media, I know it's who you follow, um, but with the social media uh, outcry about how amazing Liverpool were and how, you know, it's not going to be City season, not as easy, is ridiculous. You know, like you said, there was yeah. a couple of dodgy penalty decisions, a dodgy handball, a few hit, hit the post a few times. We got rattled a little bit. And it's, after predicting three or four nil... Um, it wasn't that, but I do feel that there's there's no, there's no um, there's no reason to get excited or worried. No, I mean after that, let's not forget Sterling was sent off as well in the Bournemouth game. Uh, and That's right. You know, remember, remember watching that on holiday, and we we were pretty damn average that day. Uh, got away with that one, and then we beat Liverpool five nil and Watford six nil, uh, Palace five nil, and everything took off because then it was Chelsea. So yeah, it, it suddenly took off. Uh, when Mane cruelly got sent off in the fourth game. Uh, so, yeah, exactly. It's a bit early to say at the moment uh, how it's going to go. Uh, yeah, so there's, I mean, it's a little cut. We'll come back to something. You know, you've, you've triggered something in my head about, you know, the cup draws is quite relevant to this as well, about how the other teams, you know, the teams were nine points. Uh, but we'll come back to that. Uh, we might as well discuss now. I think, uh, on Thursday. Two cup draws. I think this happened last year as well, both on the same day. Uh, let's start with the big one. Uh, City are champions, so obviously they went into pot one in the Champions League. Yet again, another hour sitting there, just waiting and waiting. Like, are they ever going to do this cup draw? And of course, eventually, the draw was made. Shakhtar Donetsk again, unfortunately. Uh, but Hoffenheim... Uh, not a bad, not a bad draw at all. So uh, you know, really, it could have been slightly better if we look at how the teams could have come out. But James, your views on the Champions League draw, pretty damn good. Obviously, Leon as well. A uh, bit early to know how well they're playing these teams because uh, other countries started late. Hoffenheim, I think, lost away at uh, Bayern Munich already, and. So, you know, it, it is hard to say how good they're going to be. But they finished last season third above uh, Borussia Dortmund, I think, on goal difference. Uh, so, you know, can't be complacent about these things, but not a bad draw, was it? No, I, I'm really, really, really pleased with the uh, with, with the draw that we've got there. Obviously, we had a good look at Shakhtar last season. Um, you know, they came to the Etihad, Etihad and they did give us a game. Um, yeah, it's great. I thought we were going yeah, that day. And, yeah. 
Kevin De Bruyne scored an absolute wonder goal that day, didn't he? Um, but yeah, you know, that, that, that was a tough game. But ultimately, um, you know, I think we went there with a real scratch team in the second game. And, you know, there was a real uh, clangor from Edison in goal for, for one of their goals. Ultimately, we lost the game, but I think we'd made 10 or 11 changes. So, yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm not really, you know, in terms of the team that you're getting out of the second part, I think really, uh, you know, you can't really have any complaints against uh, with it being Shakhtar. Um, you know, then they have, so obviously they've sold uh, Fred and Bernard as well. So, you know, two of their starting 11 yeah. and I'm not too sure who they brought in to replace them. Um, you know, so certainly no big names have come in there. But, you know, you look at some of the other teams that could have come out and set in the second part, such as Napoli or Roma. Um, yeah, you know, I'm I'm, I'm pretty pleased with, 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 with getting Shakhtar there. I think with... Um, with Leon as well, you know, yes, they've got Nabil uh, Fouquet, who, you know, is, is a good player. Um, but again, you, you know, they've come in third in the French league. So I don't really think that that's going to be much concern for us, really. And then obviously Hoffenheim, um, you know, we had a look through, uh, done a bit of review on their squad. The only really player that, that stands out is uh, Kramaric, who uh, was once at Leicester and obviously played for Croatia. He made a bit of an impact for Croatia in the uh, in, in the World Cup. But yeah, I'm, I'm as a City fan, I'm, I'm really really pleased with the uh, with, with the draw that we've got there. Uh, certainly more pleased than the, the other three English teams that are going into the group stages. Yeah. Oh, don't worry. We'll be coming to them in a minute. <laughs> don't you worry. Uh, yeah, Leon, your thoughts is that. Pretty much, uh, I mean, I, I hate this. We keep getting the same teams again and again. So for that reason alone, Shakhtar Donetsk is, you know, a bit disappointing just because, uh, again, yeah, we played them. And it's nice to have new teams, but generally the standard, obviously, the odds were on we're going to get a better draw because we're in the first pot, which I assume for the very first time ever. Uh, but were you happy with that draw as well? Yeah, I was really pleased with that. I mean, for how many years? Was it six or seven years we had... Very tough draws. And like you say, once we're in that first pot, then uh, it, it gives us so much more of a chance to get some confidence and get through. So no, I'm pleased. Obviously, you know, there'll be a few tricky moments and tricky games, but I, it's exciting that we can uh, get some momentum in the Champions League and uh, get moving. I mean, I don't know too much about Hoffenheim. Uh, and obviously Shakhtar were a mixed bag last year and did fairly well. But... Um, like James says, Leon third in the French league doesn't mean that much, but I'm sure away it will prove pretty tricky. But I mean, I think the main re the main thing is that we've avoided anybody um, that could pose us a real danger. So I'm happy. I'm very happy. Yeah, uh, I mean, again, obviously, if not Hoffenheim were third, they last season they, they scored more than anyone else, apart from Bayern, of course. You know, in those those top six teams, but they concede more as well. So it looks like they're a team that likes to score and concede uh, and play attacking football. And Leon have got a pretty electric front three, but I don't think they they'll be that uh, tight in the defence either. So there could be some very entertaining games, to be honest. And uh, Shakhtar Donetsk, yeah, but they've lost Fred, which. And early evidence doesn't seem to be a great loss <laughs> for them, Bernard. And they brought in, like, yeah, I don't know. They've not spent much. They brought in, I think they've been raiding Brazilian League again. So there might be some gems there, but we don't really know because, yeah, how good they'll be this season. Very hard to say when the other teams haven't played much. Uh, I, I think yeah, it was quite it's... important. Sorry, Hadda. I think it was quite important after yeah. we got Shakhtar, which is obviously, you know, quite a trek. Uh, in terms of quite quite a long away day to, to draw teams, two teams that are um, you know obviously a lot shorter flights. I, th I think when it comes yeah. to November, December, and, you, and you're traveling all, all the way across Europe, getting into Russia and, and Ukraine, you know I think all the all the miles tick up. Especially come that that time of the season uh, throughout autumn and winter, you are playing two three games a week. So yeah, I think it was quite important as well. That I think it was quite favourable to us in terms of the distances that we're going to have to travel. Yeah. Uh, well, Hoffenheim won't have its uh, own airport nearby. I presume it's Frankfurt to the north, might be the closest. But they've only got 30,000 stadium, which may be less. I don't know if they have a standing area, but if it's a European night, then obviously no standing may, might go down. If uh, UEFA take their slice of the front rows and won't be a big... I think Liverpool have played there. They've only got under 3,000. And also Leon have to, because of crowd trouble, have to play their first home game behind closed doors. Obviously, City have been here before in Moscow. Yeah, that went well. Uh, now, obviously, it's... Play yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, probably one of their biggest ever attendances. <laughs> uh, 
I don't think, yeah, do, obviously, it's in, probably in City's interest to have it behind closed doors, or is it? Does it make? I mean, it's obviously bad news if you're a City fan who wants to go to these games. But does it, James? Does it actually help the team to play in such bizarre circumstances, or we're better off just playing in front of a full stadium? Yeah, I, I would say a full stadium. I, I don't think that'd do anybody any favors. I think you've got to, uh, you know, it'd be, it'd be so, you know, so so abnormal for the team, so out of everybody's comfort zone. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I'd I'd like us to go there with an away following. Um, yeah, and and not playing behind closed doors. I think it'd be a, a strange environment. I remember that CSKA Moscow game a few years ago as well. It was just uh, just a bit bizarre. So no, for, for me, I, I'd rather if it is Leon that you know. Obviously, we're getting Leon in away day. I'd rather not have that game behind closed doors. Yeah, I don't know how they arranged the fixtures. To be they're not released yet, are they? I was looking out for that earlier, but they're not no. out just yet. But if they can fiddle them, they will, because they assume they won't want Leon City behind closed doors, yeah. to be honest. And uh, we've got um, it's all about, different fixtures. As we saw in the draw, it's all about TV, because City were paired with Spurs, because can't play in the same night. It was the usual shambles, yeah. really. So, uh, but yeah, the, the, with TV in mind, I don't think they'd want City to be the first game for Leon. We've also got different kickoff times this season as well, haven't we? So we've got a 5-6 to six kickoff and an 8 o'clock kickoff. So yeah. that's been introduced. I, I would say... Without any research, I'll say with some confidence that no games played in England will be on the earlier kickoff time. Right. Okay. I have I have no basis <laughs> research for that, but I'm fairly confident no. all English based games will kick off at eight o'clock. But some of our away games may not. Good. Sorry, Lee, you were gonna say No, no, I think you're right on that. I think there's there's all sorts of legal legals on that so I do think we're okay it's just for the time difference in the other countries so I think we'll be fine yeah. we'll be fine there um, I, I, I was in a Europa, s- Europa sorry Europa has two kickoffs, but the England teams always kick off at eight don't they yeah home, so. and De Bruyne is there a latest uh, date when he's going to be back for these Champions League games has, has it been mentioned since the no, sort of- well, I mean, now it's still two months, okay. at least two months from now, isn't it? So, okay, we could make the yeah. I think they they tend to finish mid December, uh, yeah, just before mid December. So we could make uh, the last two. So I imagine, but I think we have to cope without him for the vast majority of this campaign. So, uh, should we look at some of the other English teams yeah. for a laugh? <laughs> Uh, Liverpool, I think they were in pot three last. Uh, Benfica won on Wednesday night, which pushed Liverpool into the third pot, uh, which I think is where they were last season. But I don't think they had. I think they got away with quite a kind draw last year. Uh, PSG, Napoli, Red Star. Uh, first of all, they're not going to be lobbing things at their team buses, are they? <laughs> if you know what's good for them. <laughs> Three friendly welcomes awaiting awaiting uh, <laughs> Liverpool fans. Uh, Leon, your views on that? That is, and also just well, that is a tough draw. Obviously, I don't know Red Stars. Red Star will not be a great team, but at home they sound great. Though what a great name! <laughs> it, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not. I'm not pronouncing their actual name as they call no. it. Uh, but yeah, well, it's a tough draw. Will it affect? Can this leak over into uh, the league form? Because I think the last game is just before they play United. Yeah, I mean, I I couldn't be happier. I mean, suddenly Liverpool, because of United being so shit, that I think Liverpool are now a, a sort of nemesis, and they got Chelsea in the Carabao Cup, and and a, and the group of death, I'd say, in Group C. So no, I was I was. I'm on a WhatsApp group with a few Liverpool fans and I was very, very uh, smug this afternoon. <laughs> so, you think we'll still get out of that group? Uh, I think it'll be tight. I think it'll be very tight. I mean, if I, if I was a betting man, I'd probably say they, they, they would just shade it with PSG. But I think we saw, you know, we've seen what a decent side Napoli are. Um, without Sarri... I'm not sure how yeah. they're gonna, good they're going to be this season, but that's it, yeah. But I do feel, and I do feel that you know it, it, it'll be tough, and um, that's great news. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, James United, 
Juventus, Valencia, young boys. Uh, your views on that? That's not a good one for them either. Really. I mean, it's not the worst, but it's not a great. You know, in their current form, that's a very troublesome group for them. Yeah, agreed. You know, it's it it is a strong strong group. I, you know, I don't think I think young boys are shaping up to be the uh, the whipping boys there, aren't they? But uh, yeah, but they are running away. I think with the league at the moment. But it's such early days. Of yeah, of course. Yeah, um, you know, I think they could have done worse. You know, I think they could have done worse. I think you know, obviously they'll be delighted to have to have avoided Barcelona, uh, Paris Saint Germain, Bayern, Real Madrid in the top group. So I don't think Juventus are obviously at, at that stage. Um, you know, I don't think they're, they're at that level at the moment. So obviously it might be different with Ronaldo playing there, but, uh, and then Valencia, you know, I, I, you know, Valencia obviously finished in top four in Spain last season, but again, I don't think they're any great shakes really. So I think United should be qualifying from that. Um, you know, similar to Leon, I've got a, uh, uh, a, gr- a group chat with the, quite a few United fans in there and they were all pretty confident um, they, they were all relatively uh, relatively pleased with the group um, and you know I think, they, I think they should do okay that's shaped up to be a really boring game like, isn't it? a Jose team against an Italian team <laughs> I don't think I'll be watching that one um, but yeah you know the, the rest of the group some, the rest of the um, competition there's some really mouth-watering ties in there isn't there Real Madrid and Roma again I think that was a semi-final uh, so, sorry no it wasn't was it Liverpool played Roma last season but Paris and Napoli Paris and Liverpool you know that's a really good group I think as Leon said the group of death really Uh, group B interests me as well Barcelona Tottenham PSV and Inter um, you know, yeah. Barca and Tottenham. Uh, Tottenham did okay last year. They went to Bernabeu and got a draw, I think, against Real Madrid. I think they beat them at home, did they? They did beat them at home. Yes. Yeah. 3 1. Yeah, so, so, you know, they, they did all right against, against Real Madrid last season. So it'll be interesting to see them up against uh, Barcelona this season. But yeah, like, like you say, the first time ever that we've been ranked, uh, sorry, in the, in the top part in the, uh, in the competition. And you can certainly tell by the, uh, you know, the quality of opposition that we've got, really. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it starting again, looking forward to it coming back round. Um, you know, and interesting to see uh, Cheeky talking this, this evening. Um, say you know, just saying that we want to progress, we want we want to do better than what we did last season. Not saying that we're going to go out there and win it, but just saying that quarterfinals was good. But yeah, we're looking for improvement again this season. So, mm. um, and also we're favourites as well. I was having a look at the odds earlier. We're, we're nine to nine two. to two. Yeah. So I mean, unbelievable. That, it's crazy, isn't it? it how, how far? Yeah. But yeah, do you think it, we'll win it, Howard? It. Do you think we've got yeah, the squad to win it? it? It's done on the cup. I mean, it's done on the league draw. You know, obviously the odds change. Yeah, of course. Uh, they fluctuate wildly. I don't, I can't, I don't see how we could be favourites out of Real Madrid when they've just won it three times. So, but you know, <laughs> and I still wouldn't uh, be confident uh, being Liverpool home and away uh, either. Yeah, uh, well, this is English bookies. I think would a Spanish bookie have made us favourites? Probably not, to be honest. It's uh, bookmakers playing games probably just to get some bets in. I don't, I don't know. I, I wouldn't make us favourites at this point, no. Uh, but it's very early to yeah, you know, too early to say really. Uh, I, there was a Spanish team. It might be someone like Sid Lowe on Twitter saying Valencia are looking really good. I don't know how you can say that because they only played two games. <laughs> one was lost away to Barcelona. I think they drew the other one. Uh, but whoever it was seemed to think that there's a good thing going on with Valencia. So let you know. Let's hope they can spring a few surprises in that group. And young boys, well, it's like the bars all over again. United are capable of losing away to them. But when they travel to, you know, United, Juventus, Valencia, they should be whipping boys. I agree with you there, James. Uh, but, you know, if United may have to go to them to get a result to qualify from that group, I think. Uh, Leon, your thoughts? Just, yeah, uh, James mentioned Spurs have got Barcelona, Inter. I think they must have been in pot four, were they? And PSV. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. They, they did pretty well last season. Yeah, I mean, I think Tottenham are well-equipped for... Uh... For Europe um, under Pochettino and the way they play, so you know I can see them getting out of that group. I think it's a tough group. I'm not entirely convinced how strong Inter Milan sounds like a strong side, doesn't it? Because of the history, but whether yeah. how good they actually are. So I think Tottenham will get out of that group. But I think that next to Group C is is another real tough group. But um, like I say, we had those groups for so long that I'm. You know, I've got no empathy for uh, any of my Tottenham fan mates because um, they've been particularly smug over the years. But I think the Group A is interesting as well. I mean, it's thrown up some Atletico, Borussia Dortmund and Monaco. Um, it looks a really competitive Champions League this year. Um, yeah, I like uh, 
Yeah, sometimes you get more joy just watching as a neutral. So, you know, Atletico against Dortmund. Monaco, again, we don't know. I don't know what Monaco are going to get this season, but, yeah, there's some great games there, Atletico, Dortmund, Monaco. But it's a bit of a catch-22, because as a City fan, obviously we want to progress through the group and win mm. win all our games, but it's not. it doesn't excite you when you see it. I mean, the, the initial excitement of, yes, we've got a, one of the easier groups, and then you think, okay... That's uh, six not that exciting Champions League nights. <laughs> Which, oh, right. Yeah. But I, I mean, you know, I'm happy. I, my, my happiness, you know, overrules that. But I'm just saying it, it, yeah. there's nothing like the, big, the bigger games than just yeah. cruising. Well, yeah. Well, I saw a United fans say, I'd rather get the hardest games because they're not going to win it. <laughs> it's like the, the plucky underdog now, some of their fans. They're not going to win it. So uh, let's just have some great nights, you know, some big teams coming to us. Yeah. Uh, with City, of course, the problem was we just kept getting... I mean, Real Madrid is just not an exciting European night now, not in the group stage because they've been here by Munich. Yeah. Sick to the... <laughs> sick of the... Yeah. I will start getting sick of Shakhtar Donetsk now at this rate. Uh, it's just the, the lack of variety. You want a... Yeah. I'd love to see Dortmund come back, yeah, because it's been a while with them and, you know, you'll get a cracking game. Uh, but, yeah, I think Leon could be, yeah, should be some exciting games anyway, but I'd rather just get easy draws. Yeah, no, I agree, I, always, I agree. I always want what's best for the club and not about, you know, having great nights and maybe that'll change in the future. Uh, now, there was another cup draw, the real biggie, the Carabao Cup, and... Uh, Good to say, I always want this just in a way draw, to be honest, because I don't want to spend a night in a half-empty stadium. You know, <laughs> cue, cue the obvious jokes. Uh, Oxford United away, then. They are struggling in these early stages of the season near the bottom of League One. Uh, won the last game, but I think lost the four before then. Not sure if they'll put out a first team. Pretty sure we won't put out a first team. Uh, I think Kassam Stadium opened in 2001, so I assume this is a new stadium for any travelling blues. Yeah. Because we played them quite a lot in the 90s, but obviously that was at the Manor Ground. Manor Ground, yeah. Yeah, yeah this ground's Ooh. just outside the Blackbird Lees estate, um, you know, like an out of town retail park kind of. A, it's, a, it's a nice ground, actually. Yeah, named after their owner. I presume he's still the owner, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it did open 16 years, 17 years ago. So, uh, yeah, James, I just thought I'd ask how we're obviously the holders of this, and it's the we've won it three times now. Last season, we didn't really seem to be trying that. There were no sparkling performances, but we went all the way and won it. Uh, probably the best performance saved to for the final, and that was mostly the second half. How did how should Pep approach this? All kids or a mixture? Yeah, and you know, obviously, just touched on the final there, but what a fantastic day out that was as well. Uh, exactly. I think two of my three, two of my favourite city city finals, away yeah. trips have been the Liverpool one, um, and obviously the um, we won on penalties, and then uh, Arsenal this uh, last season as well. Uh, just in terms of the approach, you know, it'll, I think we're going to see very very similar to last season. You know, lot, lots and lots of rotation. Um, you know, it comes at a time where we'll be playing um, a lot of football. And therefore, you know, it's a good opportunity to, to, you know, to be resting players. I think what Pep did last season was he put a lot of experience, he put a lot of strength actually on the bench, which meant that if we mm. were in trouble, then obviously we could we could call some of the big guns off the bench. Um, it, it's an intriguing one, the, the League Cup, because I, I feel like at the start of the season, it's probably the fourth in the list of priorities in terms of trophies that you want to go and win. Um, but mm. obviously, by the time the FA Cup comes round, you know you're in the sem- if you're still in the um, League Cup, you're in the f- you're in the semi final then. So you're almost at a stage where you're resting your players in the FA Cup because you're going to have a big game in, in the League Cup coming up. I think there's a stage. I think it's February time where if you're still in all four, four competitions, you play four, four consecutive games all in different competitions. So you've got a, you've yeah. got a priority. If you're in the semi final of a cup competition, you've got to prioritise that. Um, so yeah, you, you know, it, I, I think it's a great competition. Um, it's always a great, great day out. Of, you know, looking quite a bit ahead here, but always a great day out going down to Wembley. Um, you know, so so hopefully we can, um, hopefully we can have a good run again. But yeah, lo- loads of rotation uh, and a good opportunity. You know, we touched on the uh, touched on Zinchenko earlier. Uh, you know, in the absence of De Bruyne, could we see him in in his in, you know in his in his favourite position? Um, you know, like be interesting to see how good of a you know a centre midfielder he is, considering that that's mm. the you know that's the role that he should be playing in the team. 
Well, he played defensive midfield just briefly in pre-season and I thought he looked superb. Yeah. So obviously you can't really judge from such a small sample size. I don't think it was even for the whole match because so, he got moved in the second half. Uh, I mean, I put the Sunderland final right up there as well because it was just a great day. Yeah. Yeah. Two of the two of our greatest... Fantastic goals. Of those, two of the most brilliant goals in about five minutes, I think. Yeah. I've ever, I've ever seen so yeah uh, and the, even Navas scored that day as well so I mean what, what more can you ask for from a day keeper should have saved uh, it though shouldn't he yeah. <laughs> well we can't be picky with his, uh, his shooting so uh, Leo what do you think uh, there's been some law, there's rule changes this season there's no extra time now uh, so it's straight to penalties if there's a draw but I assume the semis is still two legs so there's yeah I think the extra time does help for Premier League teams because obviously, well, we had two lot. We had Wolves and we had Leicester City uh, went to extra time. Uh, so, yeah, what do you think? Well, Is I've, it just a case of mixing, but just play the first teams that aren't getting into the team plus a few kids? Uh, yeah, I, only a few. I think, you know, we remember the, I thought it was the FA Cup, the Chelsea game and then the United game in the League Cup. I think you saw the importance of the League Cup in the documentary I keep harping back mm. onto it. But, you know, that was a big deal to the owner, to the chairman, to Pep. Okay, it was his first trophy, but the League Cup, especially in its timing, coming in February after a miserable couple of months, a really busy couple of months, it's sort of like the start of a new section of the season. So I think it's huge. I think to get to go all the way and play 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 some of the kids and play some of the bench players but you've got to go for it I think because in a way timing wise it's more important than the FA Cup people may laugh at that but I'm talking about the timing and momentum of a season I think the February final is a great uh, springboard for the rest of the season to take the next three months whereas the FA Cup kind of gets in the way if you're still in the Champions League um, so I think it's really important and I think it's 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 increasing uh, it's importance to everybody in the last couple of seasons. It really sort of drifted away, didn't it? But I think it, yeah. it is kind of, it seems to be um, getting a bit more attention. So you know, I'm all for playing uh, a couple of kids, a couple of bench players and a pretty strong side and going for it. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, yeah, I think in that documentary, I don't know who it was, it might be Caldoun who said exactly the same thing. To win the trophy that early, it just gives you a little uh, kick uh, thereafter. But I think, you know, I hate to see City lose a game, but if they did to lose this, it's still the fourth priority. So what happens, happens. Oh, yeah, I forgot to. I feel bad now about the FA Cup. Sorry, Howard. I wasn't trying to say it was more important than the FA Cup. I know it. I know you prefer your FA Cup days to your Derby oh, days. I'm sorry. Sorry. I do. I love it. Yeah. I just when we throw an FA Cup, it still hurts, honestly. <laughs> no, I agree. No, it's just, you know, when I was a kid and we were rubbish, my entire life ambition was to see City at Wembley. And, uh, well, it's probably been 11 times now. So I knew that was the FA, you know, not a playoff final. I meant. You know, to get to an FA Cup final because it was the whole nation used to watch the FA Cup final. You know, even the build up from nine o'clock and having their breakfast, wasn't there? Having their breakfast, yeah, the, the, yeah. No, I remember it was amazing. It was amazing because you know we only had three TV channels. And it, was <laughs> like, and it was a big thing. You know, it wasn't live. T- there wasn't football live every you know two hours on the television. So it still sticks to me. I still, it's the oldest cup competition in the world. I still think it's important. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Shame. I'm sorry. I didn't mean yeah. to say it. I'm not having a go at you. I'm <laughs> just taking. <laughs> I'm just building up to <laughs> slacking Pep off later in the season. So. Uh, anyway, yeah, we'll move on. We'll we'll see. I don't know the the dates for that yet. Uh, but yeah, I've been, I don't know if how serious the Oxford will take. Maybe they'll feel they'll have to take it seriously because uh, the big boys are in town. But it should be interesting, and it probably might make the television that one. I don't know. Uh, just before we we look forward to the Newcastle game, I've got one question. Uh, no surprise, really. Raheem Sterling is, this week was uh, in the news, not because he's had breakfast or his car's dirty. <laughs> Real Madrid are supposed to be interested in him again uh, and they're going to watch him at the England game. So we're pretty safe because it'll obviously be utter crap <laughs> in uh, an England shirt. Uh, why they need to watch him, I don't know, as if they don't know what you know what he's about. It sounds utter rubbish. Yeah, and we're playing Spain. Uh, James, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, James, is this just 
this is just the agent. Is it A.D. Ward's name just stirring up? Give us a better contract. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, a similar kind of thing happened when he joined us as well, didn't it? So I'm not, you know, I'm not surprised, like you say, but I, I am quite disappointed that it's kind of reared its ugly head. Uh, like you say, I think a new and improved contract, um, you know, is, is more likely than in moving away. Uh, you know, I do think if he was to move away from City, I think it'd be interesting to see how he got on because, you know, I think Pep's done so much for his career. He's really developed him. Um, you know, so so I think it'd be quite quite disappointing if he was to go. Um, but you know, I'm seeing like 300 grand a week being quoted for him, um, and yeah, yeah I, I just you know that's crazy money. But when you think that you know our best player is De Bruyne and, and he's he's not on those figures, so uh, ultimately I think the agent's done a really good job. Uh, you know, he's he's got to a position where after this season he's got one season left on his contract, I believe. Um, City aren't going to sell him in January, so it's either get a new contract for him, sign this season, or he's going for a real, you know, really reduced rate uh, come the end of the season. So, you know, as, as far as the agent's concerned, he's done his client a really good job. But um, yeah, like I say, I, I just think like it's a real shame that, that it's you know it, it, it's come around. I, th- I think that we've done a lot for Sterling. I think we've developed him a lot as a player. Um, so you know, to see his agent doing this is uh, you know very disappointing. Mm. Uh, I mean, when you. We know what we're getting with agents. It's just, you know, we know we knew it was his agent when he came and it's probably the same tactic that made him, you know, that got us, got him to City. So yeah. it is just the way it is. Uh, Leon, I'm, yeah, I mean, I stick up for him a lot. I stick up for him a lot. Would Real Madrid actually want? Yeah, I mean, that's what I was going to say. I mean, I, I spent the whole summer in various parts of the country sticking up for Sterling during the World Cup. And I stick up for him with a few of the mates I go to the games with for City. Um, so I, I rate him. I don't think he's the finished article. I don't think he thinks he is himself. Again, watching the documentary, mm. that's our best insight, isn't it, so far? So I, I couldn't see him being at Real Madrid, to be honest with you, because unless he's going to play an out-and-out winger on the right, which is where kind of Bale's playing, I'm not sure how they're setting up now. Ronaldo's gone. But mm. I think his finish... His finishing skills are, are in and out. You know, they're, they're not consistent enough. Yeah. And I, I don't think he's a, a Real Madrid sort of Galatico player yet. I think he could be in three years, but I don't. Mm. I don't think it would be a good move for him. I mean, I, I said to Asad, a friend of mine, it was the usual kind of bullshit. A friend of mine was in a hotel in London. And he heard the agent saying about Sterling and he said, put some money on it. It was eight to one at the bookies, you know, and Asan said he's heard it all before. So I can't see it. I can't see it. I think maybe in three years, if he's really dominating the English game, like Bale did for his club, uh, then possibly be a great move for him. But at this point, it doesn't even seem to work for the player or Madrid. So I think it's all bollocks to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, I think Asan's always said this, what he's heard is Sterling's end game is Real Madrid. That's where he wants yeah. the journey to end. But I don't think he's there at the moment. No. Uh, obviously, the likes of Owen McManaman went down three transfers, I think. So with two years left on his his contract, he may want to wind it down. Uh, we shall see. Uh, but also, why would you want to leave the club? That I mean, you've seen the way that those guys all are friends, yeah. all hang out under Pep. I mean, you could see it. Like I say, 20, 26, Pep's gone. Then I could definitely yeah. see it. But why yeah. Why would you want to? I mean, you, it's not about the money. I mean, the guy's got plenty. And if it is, then good luck to him. But I, yeah. I think it's just stirring, the paper's stirring it. They all want to jump on anything to do with Sterling. And now we've got rid of Yaya's agent. We've now got another <laughs> one sniffing about. And, you know... I'm not really that interested in it, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, if, if the agent's just doing this to to get, you know, the contract signed, surely City know that he's doing it for that reason. So it makes no, it won't make any difference to their approach. Uh, no, the one thing I saw was that De Bruyne is now on, because since his new contract, he's on around 3.30 and Sling's based on half, oh. half the money he's on. Don't quote me yeah. on that, but I was reading, I was reading the new contracts, uh, figures and that's what I think Stern's on about 160 170 and De Bruyne's on about 320 something around that and that was the cause of the problem really 
Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head there, Leon, talking about why would you want to leave City? And then the next thing that we mentioned was talking about the media. I don't think he wants, you know, if he was to go, (laughs) it wouldn't be City he was getting rid of. It'd be the English media that he was getting rid of. Good point, good point. Go go, go out there and actually, you know, be able to shop in Poundland or buy a Greg sandwich, whatever you want to do. And, (laughs) you know, it wouldn't be on the front page of the Daily Mail, on the Daily Mail the following day. No, that's yeah, true. I don't think they have Greg's in. <laughs> that, that's a shame. I'll, I'll take that one off yeah. then. But, but, but yeah, I, that, I that care was. about, I care about, I mean, you know, it sounds a bit kind of patronising, but I do care about Sterling. I think he was brave to come to us. You might, yeah. might not say that for 50 million and 170 grand a week, but I do think in this day and age he was brave. And I, I care about him as a player and as an England player and as a City player. But it, it, at this point of time, it's the wrong move for him. And I'm sure he would be advised that by everybody around him, apart from the agent. And therefore, yeah. 26 is about, I'm repeating myself now, apologies. But 26, 27 would be the right age. And good luck to him then. Yeah, I, I agree in a way. But he, he may see the, just see out his contract and get a huge signing on fee instead as another option. And then if, yeah, if that's the case, City have to make a Yeah, then bollocks to him. Fuck him. Next summer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll get someone else. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Someone's leaked. Someone, obviously, by the time this podcast goes out, everyone will know the order of our Champions League draws. So I'm just I'm holding myself up to ridicule now. But some Spanish journalist has leaked that our first game is at home to Leon, uh, and our second game is away to Hoffenheim at that earlier time, and off, and then it's a Shakhtar Donetsk double header away home, uh, then away to Leon, and then finishing at home to Hoffenheim. But I have no idea if that's true. So, yeah, but uh, you know, it, I wouldn't mind that starting. You know, if you could have your order of games, James, would you start with starting at home to Leon and then away to Hoffenheim? That's not bad. We want to get points on the board, don't we? So, yeah. So, so he- heading in against the second seed with realistically what should be six points under our belt. So, yeah, it look it looks pretty good. It, interestingly, the fixtures around them look quite difficult, don't they? So, I see we've got Liverpool away after the Hoffenheim get away game. Uh, we've got Tottenham away after the Shakhtar away game as well. So, so yeah, there's some tricky fixtures either side of it. Uh, but yeah, like like you say, hopefully we can get off the mark mark pretty early, get six points, and then you know go out to Shakhtar and you know go on from there really. And if those fixtures are true, no idea if they are. Uh, yeah, Leon's behind closed doors would be at home to Shakhtar, which is what we all, <laughs> I think, would happen because they won't bring many fans anyway. So uh, let's see. Anyway, let's uh, finally let's look forward to the Newcastle game. It's a late game on Saturday, uh, half five. Always enjoy a, a late Saturday kickoff. Uh, Leon, just before we look at the game. Can I just ask you something? Newcastle went out to Forest, as I mentioned briefly earlier. If you're a Newcastle fan, obviously you hate the owner, you're just treading water, difficult times. Their their aim is to stay up. Would you be angry at Rafa Benitez discarding the Cups? Because is that not their only chance of some glory? Yeah, I mean, I I, I never understand that at all because, you know, it's about building up a... A winning mentality and a, and a and a spirit and and a good cup run. I know it sounds very cliche. A good cup run can you know help or, help all that? Years, yeah. yeah. So so yeah, I, I don't understand it at all because I wouldn't say they're you know bottom five. I think they're sort of lower mid table. So I don't think they're, they're. I mean, they haven't got a great squad, but I don't think they should be thinking about all. They should be thinking about is survival. That's a yeah, neg- yeah. That, that's that, that's that's as upsetting in a way as the kids and the younger players not getting in Premier League teams. The fact that a club the size of Newcastle um, is is not taking the cup seriously to survive. I mean that's pretty um, that's negative and and, and it's it's a, it's, a, it's a sort of worrying part of the sort of the money part of the game um, in a way. Uh, you mentioned about 5.30 kickoff. I've noticed, I don't know what everyone else has noticed, and, it, and it's not probably based on facts, it's just a feeling. And I'm being selfish because it's eight hours behind here in LA so I can watch it at a normal time. But we don't seem to play well on that lunchtime kickoff. No. Ever. Saturdays or I Sundays. 
I did say in the review I need to do some scientific study on this. Yeah, yeah. and I think Monday nights weren't great for us either. But the Saturday evening kickoff's good. But again, some scientific stats would be great. Um, I'm going to do it because I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think I consider I d- it done. Yeah, no, I think I think so. You know, I, I'm excited um, about that game, and um, but it makes no sense at all because also now they've lost. So whether I don't know what how, the strength of the team the Newcastle Newcastle put out against Forest. Was it? Well, it wasn't the first team, basically. Yeah. Was it, was it was very bit, weak? Yeah, bits. I wasn't watching every single minute, but yeah. I mean, Kennedy was in it, so yeah, you could say it was very weak. <laughs> <laughs> At least current form. But yeah, it wasn't... Uh, yeah, I just think... Yeah, that obviously he's not taking it. Yeah. But to me, that's, that's just negative energy. The fact it's that just... they've gone out to Knott's Forest. Yeah. Negative energy around the club for me, even more so. You know, they, well, they hate the mm. owner, and, but they like Rafa and... There's some decent enough players. So, yeah, I don't see the point. But, you know, not too much empathy for today from me. Who cares? No. Yeah, it's just yeah, the absolute must-stay in the Premier League. It just, uh, that's the problem with some of these cups, you know. Well, I keep defending the FA Cup. But, yeah, managers will just put out half teams because the money of the Premier League has pretty much brought us to this situation. But mm. never mind. We shall move on. Uh, James, we're going to see... I mean, I joked in that uh, Newcastle will play with eight players on the line uh, on Saturday. They're going to be defensive. I mean, if we saw the game against Chelsea, ultra-defensive then. Can't see much difference here. How do you think Pep's going to approach this? Are we going to see a Huddersfield-type setup where he plays with no wide players and two wing-backs? Or do you think he's going to do something new? Or will he just stick with his 4-3-3, get some time for Sane and... Mares, you know, and just hope that that stretches the pitch. Do we have any idea how he's going to approach this? I don't think anybody does, do they? I mean, I've I've, no. I've scribbled a load of nice notes. easy question. For <laughs> yeah. You. yeah, I've scribbled a load of notes down, but I guarantee you, I'm wrong. Um, yeah. So yeah, he he would have watched that game closely with um, with Chelsea at the weekend, you know, and it was again, it was a five four one, but the two wingers weren't playing anywhere near to Rondon. Rondon looked. Um, sorry. Yeah, Rondon, and he looked so isolated at times, Rondon. The two wingers, again, were playing right next to the fullback. So at times, I was watching the game, and at times it was almost a back seven they were playing. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, th- I think Pep will be aware of that. Pep will remember uh, the game up at St. James's Park last season um, when I think we had 80% possession and came away with a 1-0 win. Um, so I think Pep will remember that. So I, I think he will be looking to do something similar to the... Um, to the Huddersfield game a couple of weeks ago. And I think somebody that's really important as part of that is John Stones. I think we really missed him, uh, you know, almost his playmaking from from defence um, at the weekend yeah. against Wolves. So I think, you know, I'd be expecting to see John Stones come back in the team. Um, yeah, I, I think he's going to go with a similar kind of formation um, in terms of Mendy almost playing as a left winger. Um, and, you know, what, what we gained from that was... Ma- you know, Mendy's fantastic ability to put the ball in the box. So, you know, that, that is a way to break down the such a defensive option is just to get somebody out wide and just put the ball in behind them, play with two strikers and, you know, pick up the loose pieces in the box, which, you know, ultimately we scored a goal or two doing that. So, yeah, I'm expecting a um, a, a similar formation. What I'd be disappointed to see is if we, if we do play Bernardo out wide again. I think as we've touched, people have touched on already on the podcast, but he's pre-season and he started the season playing centrally and he looked absolutely fantastic. In the last week or so, we've moved him over to the right wing. So I'd be, and he's not had the same uh, impact as as what we ha- as what we've seen previously. So yeah, I would be uh, really hopeful that we see uh, Bernardo playing alongside David Silva in, in the centre midfield. The, you know, the number eight positions. Mm, I think there's a hierarchy. I, I assume Pep's not sure about playing the two of them together. I don't know, but there's a hierarchy. So if David Silva, if he's not sure about playing them together. There's a hierarchy, so David Silva gets that central spot first. Yeah. Uh, and in long term, Bernardo will move into the middle, but I do agree with you. Uh, Leon, if he does do that Huddersfield type lineup again, are you at any point concerned that, you know, because a lot of teams might adopt this, come with this same approach this season, and we may play this quite a lot. Are you worried that this really leaves a lot of our wide players just kicking their feet on the bench? Yeah, no, it does concern me because I think, you know, the wingers are, are such confidence players that they need to be playing. I mean, last season, 
we didn't seem to adapt the system around too much. So I was happy that the personnel changed because of injuries, suspensions, uh, resting, but the system kind of stayed the same. So people kind yeah. of seamlessly fitted into the to the team and it didn't make a huge problem. I think it will take a little while, obviously, but I, I'm much happier with a settled system changed occasionally for a, a team that's very, very defensive or a team, you know, that they need to think again. But I, I want to see a settled system and change the personnel. Uh, so I'm a bit worried because, like I say, I think after the World Cup, we talked about it on the podcast before, Sane wants, you can see in the documentary again that he wants a pat on the back, a, a cuddle, and he wants to be playing and know where he stands. So it does take those Sterling and Sane particularly Sane, because obviously I know he can play up front, I know Sterling can play in the middle, but it kind of changes things. And and I do think Sane would be one of the best players in the world. So you know, I want to encourage him to play, and but have faith in Pep. I've said it so many times. I stick up for Sterling, and whenever you question Pep's decision, it's like he listens to the podcast and wants us to make, make look stupid when it comes to picking the team. Because I said Sane will play last week, didn't it? Because he never does what we say. Um, he might be onto something now. <laughs> I reckon he likes to prove us all wrong. Um, yeah. uh, well, would you play, ignoring formation tactics, Sane's obviously had a difficult start to the season with just fleeting opportunities. Would you play him now against Newcastle? Yeah. To give him a chance definitely. to get his season up and running? I would. I would definitely. I don't know what... You guys think, but I definitely would because I think didn't he, he showed a I think I would yeah he showed a glimpse of absolute class against Wolves as well. Uh, he had a couple of bad touches and he got back from that with a with a run that only he can do at the minute in the Premier League. Maybe him and Hazard. Do you remember that? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aguero took it off his feet, I think, which is a shame. <laughs> yeah. Waltz have passed about five players. So. I, I can't yeah, see him so. starting at the weekend. Not not after no. not after that performance that he put in on um, on Saturday. I, I know what you mean when you say maybe get him in, get him some form, and let him kickstart his season. But there's no chance Pep's accepting that kind of performance. I yeah, I really can't see him starting this weekend. No. But what do you what what do you do? Just not play him then? Do you think it's an attitude thing? Or I mean, he was substitute for five of the first six games last season as well. Yeah. It, he may he may be one of those players who just gets going, you know, starts the season slowly. But of course, he wasn't at the World Cup, so he's not got many excuses to start slowly. Yeah, exactly that. You know, he had a slow start last season. Ultimately, history's repeating itself. He'll come good. You know, like Leon said, he he's a brilliant player at the moment. He's going to be a world class player. He will come good. Uh, but I just think there's obviously some something's missing there at the moment. I'm not too sure what it is, but I'm sure Pep will be on top of it. Um, you know, I think we'll see a different player come back after the international break. Yeah. Okay. Uh, similar question. Uh, Lloyd, uh, it was Lloyd, I think. Yeah, he asked, asked me to ask this. Uh, Leon, is there a case for putting Bill Foden into this match in a game like this? Again, if we assume that it's attack against defence, or we still just be patient, he's not. He's not going to be playing starting games yet. It's it's difficult. I mean, I think I'd love to see him play in a, in a you know a, a Sky game at a BT Sport game at five thirty on a Saturday. I'd love to see him start, but I think we're just talking about Sane, who's a couple of years ahead in his development, mm. and we're talking about you know not playing him then to play Foden when you've got Silver there. Um, I'd love to see it. I don't think it'll happen, but I think no. I mean, I wouldn't play him Saturday myself. I, I, I'd, I'd give him half an hour, uh, mm. not like fleeting, like five minutes at the end. I would like to see him, you know, two nil up or th- three nil up, and, and play him for half an hour. I'd like to see that, but I wouldn't start him. And I just want to say something just quickly. Gundogan gets a lot of stick, and this mm. is controversial here. But I watched it. In the documentary last season, I keep banging on about documentary, sorry. But he scored some great goals and he's done a lot of work. I know sometimes he he doesn't look as classy as some of other midfielders, but I think think he's hugely underrated. And I think in the next month, if he gets confidence with De Bruyne out, I think he could be key. Yeah. But, I mean, last week it was his cross that 
got his equaliser. So, uh, yeah, he is what he is. Just I don't think he needs to be slagged off because, I mean, last season, Gundogan, I think he said he needs 20 games. He'd had serious injury mm. and it's going to take you know, perhaps almost a year to forget about that injury, you know, to play without that being at the back of his mind. Mm. And I think you can't really judge him. If he's not playing well by December, then fair enough. It, maybe it's not going to work out. But yeah, I, I'm with you. I think he gets far too much stick to manage just because he's not Kevin De Bruyne mm. here or, or David Silva, but he's not that sort of player. Uh, but, it, but there were plenty of whenever he's his other bad games. There's always been other players having bad games as well. But it's him that gets you know. And some of the goals he scored are unbelievable. In the derby, yeah. when we I know it was an awful day when we yeah. two nil up. That goal was unbelievable. He scored there. Yeah, it was beautiful goal. Uh, and obviously, yeah, with Champions League against Barcelona, for example, he was absolutely superb that day. So yeah, uh, yeah. I'd probably, back to Foden. I think that kind of. We've covered the problem already when discussing other players. We want to see Sane get a run inside. We want to see Bernardo Silva get his place in the middle. We want Mares to start kicking off. Yeah. And unfortunately, all these players are available. And they are better than Foden mm. because he's 18 years. You know, just because he is younger, he was born a lot later and he's not at his peak yet. He's a kid. Uh, so I, th- I think I agree with James. I don't think there's any chance of him actually starting. Uh, James, because I just ask you, the England squad was announced today. Uh, Neil Moxley had some great exclusive three days ago that turned out to be complete and utter drivel. That Sancho and uh, Foden would be in the squad. He wasn't in the squad. Uh, do you think he should have been? No, I, I don't. I, you know, he's, he's not getting in the City team, and I don't think that sets a good example for the for the uh, for, for the rest of the squad, really. So, no, I think correct decision. There's no real surprises in the England squad. Um, look, looking at it, I, I, I like the story about Jamie Vardy. I know this is completely off track, but Jamie Vardy has retired from international football unless called upon. So he's, <laughs> he, he's basically been dropped, hasn't he? You know, let's, let's not dress it up. He's been dropped from the England squad. But uh, yeah, nice of Gareth to present it in a different way. I think, yeah, I'd, I'd like to take this opportunity to, to say that I too have, am retiring from international <laughs> football for England. I think Andrew Cole did it. I call him Andrew Cole now because he insists on that. <laughs> uh, Andy Cole once did the same thing, I think, said he was retiring long after he had any chance of being picked anyway. So yeah. Uh, Richard Keyes wasn't happy, so all all credit but, to Vardy for doing. But that, I anyway. saw the timeline of the rich, the line of Richard Keyes. Whenever he says anything, Jesus, why does that guy yeah. on Twitter? He must have a thick well, skin to on to make it a fool of himself. But he must not look at his timeline; otherwise, he'd be straight off. It's horrific, yeah. horrific. And then uh, Mrs. Vardy started wading in. It was all great fun. So, <laughs> just on the social media, can I just add one thing before? We wrap up. I just saw a video just before we came on of Ramos winning Defender of the Year, and as oh, as he got off the coming to this. Oh, sorry, how yeah. killed you? No, no, go I, on, go I, on. This I, is I, I didn't see it on your uh, on your agenda. So no, I forgot. Oh, I was going to wrap up with it because I forgot. Go on. Go so, on. so as Ramos walks off the stage to to see his Real Madrid teammates, he walks past Salah and taps him on the shoulder. <laughs> and Salah's face was um, I mean Salah was not happy he just looked at yeah. him but I thought that there's not enough characters in football and Ramos does get a lot of stick and it's not because I'm being anti-Liverpool but I just thought it was a classic moment because it's very sterile those award ceremonies are really really sterile and I thought it was, it was yeah. a brilliant moment yeah but I mean for the few that don't know there was sat Ramos was sat directly behind Salah who's still having a sulk about it three months afterwards I mean, literally got a face like a, yeah, <laughs> a bulldog. You know the phrase, anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah just uh, just literally just blanking Ramos all the time because uh, Ramos was there. He got an award for defender of the campaign last year. Ramos, uh, Salah got the attacker and Modric got the midfielder. I think Modric got the overall award. So they all sat together because they were getting these awards. And yeah, absolutely. The highlight of the week, that just his sl- face like a slapped ass, just as we're about to get here walking past him. <laughs> Obviously, not one to hold a grudge. But what yeah, did uh, uh, what uh, did Dejan Lovren win? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he's getting his own awards night. To be honest, <laughs> yeah. greatest defender in the world, right? So the biggest club on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Finally, then I'm going to ask you for a prediction then for Saturday's game. Oh. 
I'll start with you, uh, Leon. Well, I was I said three one last week. I will go. I think we've always got a looking at conceding possibilities. I'll, I'll go three one again. Okay. Uh, over to you. Yeah, a um, a, a real bounce back this week. Um, Sergio Aguero loves playing against Newcastle, doesn't he? He's got a great record against them. Um, yeah, we'll go 4-0. Four 4-0. Nil. Four nil to, uh, James, I was going to do that. No, I'll stick with it. I'm going 4-0 as well. Yeah, whoever has got a goal, yeah, you think they might get a goal, but I don't know. I think if we dominate the ball and if we get... You know, if we go 2-0 up, I think they could crumble, to be honest. I can see a couple of late goals there. So, yeah, 4-0 for me. Uh, right, I think we've covered everything. So, uh, thank you very much, James, for appearing on the pod. Yeah, thanks, Howard. Yeah, uh, thank you, Leon, for uh, sparing us your time over there no, in La La Land. Thank you very much, Howard. I loved it. Thank you. Cheers, James. Yeah, uh, yeah and thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, do remember... If uh, we've got loads more shows, so do subscribe if you want to hear loads more content like this. We'll obviously have a review coming up after the Newcastle game, and we'll also have uh, history shows, quizzes, loads, loads more. Uh, so thank you for listening, and goodbye.